0: You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the official free podcast of TheBarkBoard.com, your one-stop shop for all your Fresno State athletic news. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Reek, and I'm being joined by the co-host, Mr. Jackson Moore. Jackson, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Lucio. How are you? Oh, good. Got back from a, a nice little chilly little rained-on trip there in uh, in Nevada. I didn't really expect it to rain, and it ended up coming down pretty hard right before kickoff. Uh, kind of unusual for Nevada, wasn't it, Jackson?
1: Yeah, at least this time of year. Um, yeah, I looked at the forecast, and... It said no rain. I got rained on the way there. It rained Friday night. It rained Saturday before the game. <laughs> so it came down in spurts, though. It was all done before the game started, made for a different atmosphere, but didn't directly impact, I guess, the <laughs> with raindrops falling on the football or anything like that.
0: Luckily, it ended up coming down the hardest right before yeah. the game, about 20 minutes before the game, and then not another single drop until the game was over it was it was kind of interesting to say the least it, you know it, it was fairly chilly uh in in the 40s um by by kickoff and it ended up staying within the 40s the whole game so it ended up making things a little bit more difficult to just grab a camera your fingers <laughs> just kind of hurt after a while yeah. uh but how much do you think that kind of played into you know what the game was actually like there in nevada
1: Yeah, I think it played more into the overall energy in the stadium. That's kind of one buzz phrase we kind of heard from the team, whether it be after the game or in practice this week. There just wasn't a lot of energy in the crowd. There wasn't a big crowd there at Nevada. Um, I mean, with the way the rain was falling an hour before kickoff, I'm sure if you're not a huge Wolfpack fan, then you had tickets. You might (laughs) have stayed home because it looked really nasty. Uh, Those that made it into the stadium, it didn't rain on them at all after that. But... Um yeah, it was just kind of a, a quiet uh, atmosphere and you know the Nevada fans didn't have a whole lot to cheer about the ones that were there. They got they had reasons to cheer on defense and get loud, but the offense uh was held in check by the Bulldogs and uh was pretty much up to Fresno State uh, to take care of business on their end. They did so defensively all night. The offense was a little bit slower and didn't do the greatest of jobs, but uh, you can't complain too much about a 21-3 win on the road to open conference.
0: Now, I mean, the if you ask the players, they'll say the weather has nothing to do with it. But, you know, as as me standing on the sideline trying to hold the camera and my fingers hurt just trying to grip a camera, I can only imagine how it is for the quarterback to grip a football and try to throw it. You know, it does whether they want to admit it or not, it does affect how the players are able to even just hold on to the ball or even do to do just the slightest move. The colder it gets, the harder it gets. I mean, like in the NFL when they have snow, you can only imagine how hard, how hard it is for them to actually play out in, in that kind of a, an atmosphere, let alone no one in the stadium, no one really cheering. It just kind of puts a Debbie Downer on the whole thing. Uh, is that kind of the sense that you're getting? Maybe it was a l- had a little more to do offensively than you know they wanted to admit that was going on there.
1: Yeah, kind of a combination of all those things. Not not one in particular was a huge. Should have made a huge difference, but altogether it did kind of seem like the offense was a little flat. The sidelines were a little flat, but man, the whenever they had the defense out there, they were <laughs> they were putting in work that uh, you could tell when they came off on the sidelines. They were they had that workman attitude and they were taking care of business, but. Um, you know, at the same time, they've been very complimentary of Nevada's defense, their defensive line especially. Um, obviously, the Bulldogs had a tough time running the ball. Um, the offensive line coach, Coach Grubb, I just talked to him over at practice, and he blatantly said they didn't execute very well with run blocking, but they, everyone has given a lot of credit to Nevada's defense. And I know that wasn't a very good team last year, but the Wolfpack are 3-3, three and three, and by the end of the year, they may be in the middle, if not better, of the Mountain West. So that might be, I might look at that game a little bit differently in a few weeks, but overall, right now, not overly excited about <laughs> the offense's performance, but again, 21-3, not a, not a bad way to start conference play, and uh, you just start to get concerned if that happens two or three games in a row rather than just the one.
0: I tell you what, for the defense, this kind of weather is actually kind of fun for them because it actually it hurts the other player a lot more when they hit pretty yeah. hard. So uh, for them, they're enjoying themselves with this kind of a weather. Uh, but offensively, you touched upon it. The Bulldogs struggled offensively uh, against this Nevada defense who really weren't doing anything to surprise the Bulldogs. It was a matter of execution. It seemed like they were just having trouble executing their plays properly, and which led to a really slow game. They could not get the the running game going whatsoever. Um what what are all the factors there contributing what what did you see schematically what they were doing and why weren't they able to kind of execute what was going on
1: yeah uh, this game i mean scoreboard wise statistically wise you can kind of compare it to minnesota but it felt a lot different uh, minnesota it felt like you know, there were some questionable uh, strategies as far as the play calling goes it seemed like you know once they switched things up at the end of the game they really picked up and they were effective and it just felt like They didn't quite have the right things installed for that one, but Nevada just seemed like the Bulldogs weren't executing well themselves. Um, They had a few flashes where they were able to put points on the board, and that's all it really took. But the biggest struggle was running the ball, obviously, not even two yards of carry on the night. Um, There were a few different variables that played into it. Running back health, they did not have Josh Hokett. Jordan Mims was far from 100%. Ronnie Rivers was still being added into the lineup a little bit he scored the two touchdowns but he only touched the ball like six times so <laughs> they're still trying to, to get him all the way there for sure um but yeah there was partially that i think partially the offensive line uh, again again coach Grubb said they had a whole lot of mental mistakes um that was uncharacteristic of that line through the season and they may be looking at things a little bit differently as far as uh, different personnel groupings this week going to wyoming um, because yeah, the, they did not get the job done against Nevada against the run.
0: Yeah. Things are, things are, are going to need to be sh- shooken up a little bit off on the offensive line. Maybe just to kind of, just to kind of send a message to the players that, you know, what happened last week was not acceptable by the line line coach, uh, uh, Coach Grubb there, so he may open up the battle there for the open for the offensive line and and make those players win their positions back uh, to to get into that starting lineup. Uh, but you know where they struggled offensively, the Bulldogs ultimately stayed in the game with their defensive play. Uh, granted, it wasn't always pretty at times, uh, but they they're still getting the job done here late and get heading into the middle of the season can they keep that kind of momentum up defensively?
1: Yeah, I sure think so. As long as they can stay healthy, that's the biggest key because they did have some bumps and bruises in that game. That is probably going to hurt them a little bit, but again, they have a solid starting lineup and there's quite a few pieces in that second team that provide the depth. Uh, The defensive line has been very deep as far as their substitutions. And that's probably the biggest key because the guys they put out there are it's one of Fresno state's best defenses. I can ever remember. Um, I mean, holding Nevada to three points in their home stadium, I mean, that's pretty uh, impressive, to say the least, even without Nevada starting quarterback in the game. Wolfpack actually put up a fairly decent amount of yards, but uh, they bent, but they never really broke. Um, Nevada, I don't think they even crossed uh, the 40-yard line except for their one drive where they scored a field goal, and then at the very end they had two attempts there in the red zone, which they were held again (laughs) scoreless. So, yeah, Fresno State's defense uh, has been consistent, I mean, not just the Nevada game. Every game they seem to bring it. They haven't given up more than 27 points in 16 games now. Given up 15 points a game total in that whole stretch. And it's just... Really impressive to watch, and it makes you feel like as long as the offense scores a couple of times, they're going to have a chance to win against any team in the Mountain West.
0: And it just seems like the defense just keeps getting stronger and stronger as the season goes on. Um, I, 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 from what I can remember, it seems like they've had an interception in just about every single one of the games this season, uh, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. So that's that's been it's been interesting to watch how this de- defensively this team is really clicking on all cylinders um but to have the amount of turnovers that they're having this season it's just it's unbelievable because they're putting the bulldogs in good situations uh on the field every time by getting all those turnovers and really are are helping the offense be more productive um and and keep the bulldogs out ahead so it's it's working it's working defensively
1: <laughs> yeah i've got a story on barkboard.com right now 20 stats where fresno state's among the best in the nation and a lot of them are defense as you can imagine and as you mentioned turnovers they're number one in the nation and turnovers per game gained uh they're number two in the nation and turnover margin number two in the nation in interceptions they've got 11 and five games uh, tank kelly is right up there near the top with three himself uh, across the board, to third down defense, red zone defense is number one in the nation. Uh, I mean, scoring defense is top ten in the nation. It, the list goes on. You can catch all those uh, on the website.
0: Yeah, so it's making things interesting. Like we said, the the de- defensively, there's no one better in the in the nation right now. Granted, there's going to be those people who are going to say they really have not played anyone. But to tell you the truth, who else are they going to play? They're in they're in the conference <laughs> yeah. they're in. I mean, you can't make that argument because, hey, it is what it is. This is who they have to play. They don't get to choose and pick all the teams they want to play because, theoretically, they don't want to play Fresno (laughs) for some reason. Um, So uh, that's just the way things roll sometimes. Uh, But, you know, defensively, they're doing the job. And so is that going to be the key to this week's game against uh, Wyoming uh, is that defense they're going to have to continue to play where they're playing in order to kind of come out on top on this one cuz that's another Wyoming team who is a very good team that they're going to be facing granted it's going to be here at Bulldog Stadium so that's going to be advantage bulldogs what do you think that key is going to be ultimately to go against the Wyoming Cowboys
1: yeah wyoming is a good team they deserve a lot more credit than their 2 and 4 record shows but they're good because they're good on defense. The, the offense is wretched. <laughs> they, they've got the worst offense in the Mountain West, and at least the, what the resume shows. And um, Case in point, Hawaii's defense has been a, a struggle. They've had to outscore opponents all season long. They gave up uh, 41, I think, to San Jose State the previous week, and even though it went into five overtimes, most of that was in regulation. So Wyoming goes to Hawaii. They score 13. And they were lucky to get that because one of their touchdowns was a pick six. So (laughs) that shows you, I mean, uh, that was probably their best matchup they might get all year was against Hawaii's defense. They completed nine passes all game long for 87 yards. The only thing they've got going for them is running back Nico Evans, who uh, carried the rock 24 times for 192 yards last week. So they do have one game plan. Give him the ball (laughs) and hope they can keep the (laughs) chains moving and run the clock. Because other than that... Uh, they have really struggled to score. They only put 17 points up on Wofford, uh, an FCS program. That they barely won that game. Uh, Boise State, 14. Missouri, 13. Washington State, 19. Uh, I mean, they haven't just gotten to, into the 20s since their season opener. So, uh, And then you pair that against Fresno State's defense, it's about as uh, salivating of a matchup as the Bulldog <laughs> defense is probably going to want to see. But on the other end of things, Wyoming's got a really good defense, and they've given up quite a few points, but kind of the reason of that is because their offense has been so bad. They've had to be on the field a lot more. They've been put in less than uh, enjoyable situations uh, as a defense goes. So this is another game that could get kind of ugly where – Unless Fresno State really executes and does a good job on offense, they may need to really dig out, earn out those two, three, four scores while the defense takes care of business. And um, I mean, I don't see the Bulldogs being in any danger of losing this one, but it could be another ugly win in a similar fashion that we saw last week.
0: I'm telling you, it, it, if it turns out to be another game like last week, <laughs> I'm going to fall asleep because that game, it dragged on. It seemed like it took forever for the Bulldogs to finally break through uh, and get things rolling because I, I think we ended the first quarter without a score. Uh, so to me, that's a slow game, uh, especially when you're doing a lot of these three, three and outs. But then finally the Bulldogs got things going, and there was one key play that – seemed to just switch the momentum and kept the and got the Bulldogs going against Nevada and you're thinking it was that one uh, long pass to Rice wasn't it
1: yeah 69 yard pass from McMarion to Rice really opened things up and got the Bulldogs that second score to really distance themselves Uh, the defense was playing phenomenal of course but every one of their interceptions they got seemed to kind of put the fire out as far as Nevada thinking that they were going to be able to take the lead or or put up a fight on offense. And they were just waiting on the Bulldogs offense to capitalize. And they had a chance in the red zone in the second quarter where they fumbled and blew that one. Uh, But finally they got that pass where it was really an excellent play call. Um, They ran – what looked like one of the many plays that had kind of been stopped in the backfield (laughs) to that point. And Rice slipped through right up the seam, and he was wide open, got the Bulldogs downfield. And uh, there were a few other conversions that needed to be made. The first touchdown was a 19-yard pass to Rivers, which was important. And then to score on the second one, they needed a fourth down conversion. So uh, a few key plays, uh, I mean, really those three (laughs) in particular uh, were really the difference.
0: Yeah, it it just makes things. Uh, it, it made things hard to watch. But once the Bulldogs finally opened it up, it seemed like they finally started to settle down and get things going in their uh, in their direction. And and the passing game finally started to come alive because it, it seemed like it was they were having a hard time connecting on some passes until that that long strike. Um, it just seemed like they were just having a hard time getting things done. But then once that happened, it, McMarion settled down and he was able to find his receivers and and, and complete some passes. Uh, granted, they, most of their offense was with the passing game because the running game uh, could not get going. I, they didn't even reach a hundred yards combined, did they? I mean,
1: uh, yeah, they finished with like thirty yards, which is you know Fresno State doesn't have one of the nation's biggest running attacks as far as yards per game, but <laughs> they're usually a whole lot better than that.
0: Yeah, so that was – it was interesting to watch a team that we started the season talking about how much depth they had at the running back position only to show up in Nevada and we're sitting there going, where did all the running backs go? I mean, it just – it disappeared. Um, They had uh, – DeJounte O'Neill was the – the lone primary running back for most of that game. um, and you know, we did see Ronnie Rivers a few times, but it was they they were really trying not to use anybody else, basically to try to keep them fresh for the rest of the season, probably, right? Jackson. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, they were without it which was a, a downer in itself. But Jordan Mims, we didn't realize really going into that one how limited he was going to be. There was definitely something wrong with him uh, health-wise, and he wasn't able to give it his full go. Uh, again, Rivers, they went to him a few times, but they don't want to push it too much. And DeJounte O'Neal was who they started out with, and they kind of went away from it felt like, as the game went on, and he wasn't doing a whole lot. I think he finished with six carries for nine yards, so... Uh, I mean that was the kind of the options they went with and nothing was really working but uh, good news is that they should be a little bit healthier going into this one well Well, they
0: they better be a (laughs) a little bit more healthy because I don't know uh that running game just looked like it really needed some kind of a shot in the arm to get going and hopefully they can get things rolling again here at Bulldog Stadium which uh, you know it should it should uh, but you know that being said with all the injuries at the running back position is there any other key injuries that we should be looking out for for this game heading uh into the Nevada game
1: Uh, I mean for the most part the injuries that they've been kind of going day to day with a lot of those guys are back in pads this week um Micaiah Quick is really the one that we've been kind of waiting on to see if he'll return and it doesn't look like he'll be back anytime soon not this week at least and uh, one injury on the defensive line, I think it's been kept pretty quiet. Uh, we've got it on the premium board, but um, you can find that there. It looks like they'll be without one of their starters this weekend. Oh, boy. So, it, you know,
0: it is what it is. Uh, it just seems like the injury bug is hitting Fresno State at right at the middle of the season. The good thing is, is maybe a lot of those players are going to return uh, once we start getting closer more to bowl game time. So that's always a good thing. Um, It's just it's a matter of next guy up and seeing if the the depth at those positions can keep holding up. Um, But that being said, we're going to we're going to start matching up Fresno State, Wyoming. Key matchups, Fresno State's offense versus Wyoming's defense. Where do you see the matchups here?
1: Yeah, that's the big one, and Wyoming, they've got a strong defensive line. Their two tackles were both all-conference guys, and uh, not good timing for Fresno State, which had some struggles at the line of scrimmage. Now, the Bulldogs have done a really good job protecting Marcus McMarion, not really having many uh, negative plays, uh, those tackles in the backfield, but last week, the running game was just not really getting anything beyond the first yard or two, and so that could be a struggle again this week with Wyoming's front. Uh, their coaches are calling Wyoming's uh, defensive line the best that they've seen this year, which, I mean, you know, they've played against Minnesota, UCLA. They were actually surprised by the way Nevada's defensive line played, too. So a pretty decent compliment there. Um, also in the backfield, you have Wyoming's safety, Andrew Wingard. He was the preseason Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year pick, <laughs> Um, hasn't put up tremendous stats this year. He's got one interception, and he's second on the team in tackles. So uh, there's, I mean, he's got to be watched out for. But um, this seems like their defense as well, pretty well-rounded like Fresno State's is. And with the Bulldogs, Jeffrey Allison seems to be the guy that ultimately gets a lot of the credit and the the leading tackler on most weeks and Wingard's kind of that guy for wyoming that just kind of has a knack for being the kind of the leading stat getter on a defense that is pretty solid one to eleven
0: so it's uh, it looks like advantage well maybe a draw there right as far as offense versus defense
1: yeah well, we saw it last year the bulldogs they only put up 13 against wyoming last year it was on the road was a very cold one out there <laughs> Uh, probably colder even than it was in Nevada this past week, but um, the Bulldogs should be uh, they should be a little bit better this time around, uh, of course, with uh, all the players that they have returning. We've seen some games where they've looked like they've really taken a step forward, like Toledo and UCLA. Other games where they're about even, <laughs> Minnesota and Nevada in particular. So we'll see which Bulldog offense shows up. Uh, because if they can get some momentum going and putting points on the board, this could be a, a blowout and uh, justify that 19-point line that's on this game with Fresno State being favored. Uh, otherwise, you know Wyoming's defense is going to try to make it ugly, could keep it low scoring, but I just don't see any way the Cowboys score enough points on their own end without some sort of maybe a pick six or something like that to even come close to making this one a, a close one down the stretch.
0: So that means the the key matchup is going to be Fresno State's defense versus uh, Wyoming's offense. Now this one, this one is you already mentioned. Their offense is nothing to write home about, and the Bulldogs are playing as good as they have been playing all season defensively. Uh, how do you see this one shaking out? I don't. I don't think it's looking good for Wyoming at, at the moment.
1: Yeah. Um, here I got a stat for you on Wyoming's quarterback. Um, of course, they had Josh Allen last year, and really Allen didn't put up very big stats last year for the Cowboys either. Uh, by the time the Bulldogs played him, they had to go to their backup. But now they've got a different quarterback this year, Tyler Vanderwall. He's a three-star kid He's a redshirt freshman and is really just kind of breaking in. Uh, he's got three touchdowns on the season, and uh, Fresno State fans will certainly remember Marcus McMarion running for four in a game and passing for four in a game already this season. Uh, so any one of those two games, uh, matches Vanderwall's entire season of production as far as scoring goes. Uh, so again, this is a Wyoming offense that struggles. Uh, they don't pass the ball very well. They don't score very many points and that's against uh, an average defense when they play a team like Fresno state. Uh, it could be, uh, pretty ugly. We saw last year, even, uh, which Wyoming's offense was a little bit better last year, even without Josh Allen, I think. Uh, The Bulldogs held them scoreless for about 57 minutes until Wyoming made things interesting at the very end. So there's a really good chance Fresno State adds on to that uh, streak they've got where they held Nevada four quarters in a row without a touchdown. That might build in throughout maybe this entire game, to be honest.
0: It's going to be interesting. I mean, if the Bulldogs continue to roll the way they've been rolling on defense – um, there could be quite a few turnovers <laughs> against this Wyoming offense who is, uh, like you said, it struggled this year, uh, to just get things going, putting their defense in a very precarious position, uh, which leads to more points, which is not a knock on defense when the offense isn't doing their job. So it can make things a little bit more difficult for them. But your ultimate keys here, what are going to be your keys here for this for this upcoming game as far as, you know, the Bulldogs will win if they do what?
1: If they run the ball. I think that's the <laughs> the biggest one. That's the, really, they're pounding that into the offense this week. They were not happy with last weekend's performance. And we saw, even though the offense didn't do great as a whole, they didn't score a ton of points um it wasn't a very impressive showing but marcus mcmarion still completed a heavy clip of his passes and they weren't for a ton of yards they were times they had to punt of course the were and they would have surely liked to keep the drives going but a lot of that was because the running game on first down second down was not getting those yards that make third down a whole lot easier and so for me if they can run the ball even though this is a, a better wyoming defense uh, than they're going to see against most teams uh, mcmarion has done a pretty solid job when put in the right situations of keeping drives alive and they really don't need to do it a, a whole bunch in this game to score enough to win in my mind but if they can run the ball I think that'll open things up for the whole offense make it potentially a, a blowout victory and then otherwise if it is ugly they just need to not turn the ball over do anything that could be a costly mistake to give Wyoming a shot
0: yeah and uh, it, and I agree with you the, that running game is going to be going get going again Possibly one of the things that need to happen is one thing that we noticed did not happen in Nevada was uh, the quarterback keeper where McMarion would fake would do the the option to the running back and and then take it and go off like he did in UCLA. There was none of that against Nevada. Uh, He pretty much handed it a ball off and let it go. Um, And I think there was quite a bit of opportunity there because there was a few times where it looked like he was going to hold on to the ball and ended up handing it off. And he, had he held that ball, he was wide open by himself. No one at that side of the field that he could have ran the ball with. So there's going to be some of that where they're probably going to have to see that on film. Where, you know, it could have it could have worked to their advantage. Do you think maybe that might be something they might switch to and and, and use against Wyoming? Is that, that quarterback keeper kind of a, a play there?
1: Yeah, particularly if they can't th- get things going in their own right with the running game. Uh, that's another element that can open things up. We saw them last weekend, they tried to kind of go horizontal a little bit to do attack that way with the screen passes and things. We saw not a whole lot of success there, but occasionally you've got a sweeping pass that'll go for eight or nine yards, which is basically a run, but it won't go down as one. Um, but yeah, they if they can't on their own right execute with the O-line and get the running game going, they've got to look elsewhere to keep the defense guessing and pick up yards where they couldn't.
0: Yeah, and, that, and that's definitely going to be one that they could probably use as the quarterback keeper. Now, getting the tight ends involved, that could be another way. I mean, they've done a good job so far this season of getting the tight ends involved. Jared Rice is having... A great season. you know. Even some people are still a little bit bitter about that Minnesota play, but that really wasn't too much of his fault. That ball just floated for a while. Uh, And so there was really nothing that Rice could do on that. But ultimately, Rice has really stood out this season. Don't you think, Jackson? I mean, he's been a player to go to for McMarion.
1: Yeah, this is a Fresno State offense that has a lot of receiving options. And a lot of them are we haven't seen a whole lot of. I mean, Keyshawn Johnson has really taken over as far as that group goes, but we thought Makai Quick might be a number two guy. Jameer Jordan has been a number two guy for most of his career. Uh, Delvon Hardaway was back, but Jared Rice has outperformed them all. He's been the next best target for (laughs) McMarion, and sometimes it's designed, so they've thrown screen passes to him, which is kind of odd for a tight end, but against Nevada, again, that big one, he just kind of got loose, and If you're a defense, that's another weapon for Fresno State that you can't lose track of because not only can he catch the ball, but he can run, (laughs) and he showed it with most of those 69 yards came well after the catch.
0: Well, you know we've seen him a couple of times uh, at practice leaving, and I he comes walking by me, and the guy is huge. I mean, he's tall so he's going to use that that long reach of those long legs <laughs> and just stride down the field so when he gets loose he can he can really hurt you and you know for a big guy he's pretty fast so and for now the bulldogs have been using him properly but you got to think eventually they're going other teams are going to start to key in on him which probably is going to help that the rest of those wide receivers, where they can get those guys open, and if that happens, watch out. McMarion will start to pick you apart a little bit as well. So that's just you know that's it in a nutshell. Anything else about this Wyoming game that kind of sticks out to you?
1: Um, I mean, covered kind of the the on the field elements to this one. Um, I, I think it's going to be a gritty one. I still, I think the biggest. Difference in this game is that Wyoming's just not going to be able to score very much, not nearly enough to compete. It will be interesting to see how the crowd performs. Uh, <laughs> we've seen a, a little bit of an uptick this last home game before, and uh, well, actually the first home game I think drew more. But there's been more of a buzz uh, with the UCLA win, winning against Toledo. Now Nevada is starting to pick up a little bit of steam and people are starting to see that boise state game and that san diego state game creep up and see the winds cre- uh, continue to pile up so a little bit of a buzz going it sounds like the wyoming game could draw a really good crowd uh they have in their own right uh 37 i think or i know they have six central valley kids on their roster they've got 20 to 30 kids from california overall so the cowboys will bring some fans uh fresno state should see a bigger crowd and Uh, Perhaps by the next time around, we'll get closer to so those sellout type numbers. Because right now, at four and one, uh, if they win these next two, they'll be six and one by the time they come back, and it could really start building up steam for uh, this type of top twenty-five rankings and that kind of thing.
0: Now, you know, we know that this week is the fair, so there is going to be quite a few people that are probably going to be at the fair. But I'll just tell you this: if you are planning on going to the fair, you've got plenty of days to go. Pick another day and show up at Bulldog Stadium on Saturday. That's all I got, all I got to say there. Um, but it, we're, now we're going to move into a more interesting pro, uh, topic. We touched upon it a little bit last week, and that was about the Mountain West. Now, we, at this point, we kind of seriously have to start looking at the big picture here because there was a, some shakeups over the weekend, and one of those was Boise State playing San Diego State in Boise – and losing to San Diego State, what does that mean for the Mountain West now, Jackson?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was a game where you. those are two of the premier teams in the conference, but San Diego State took a big hit the way they lost to Boise State last year and Fresno State. It really seemed like they were a different tier, losing to those two teams as badly as they did. Uh, Boise State was heavy favorites in that game, and the Aztecs came in and took a big lead and never let go. Uh, Broncos tried to make a comeback there at the end and make it interesting, but San Diego State goes to the blue turf and wins, and that was not something we expected. Makes you think San Diego State's a much tougher uh, challenge as far as winning the division goes for Fresno State. Uh, also makes Boise State feel a little less invincible as far as going to the blue turf later on in November for the Bulldogs. So uh, that cha- I mean, those are still the two marquee games for Fresno State in November, but it dramatically changes the way you look at those two games because uh, the Bulldogs can afford to lose at Boise State if they win against San Diego State and win out everything else. They'll still be in the the title game. Um, So the Aztecs become a much more game of import than it looked like uh, a few weeks ago. I mean, a lot of interesting results in the Mountain West too. Uh, Really, Utah State thumping BYU the way they did. That makes the Aggies look like maybe they'll give boise state a legitimate a legitimate push if maybe they're not even better than the broncos so and uh, that's another one to look at because you figured if fresno state was going to be in the mountain west championship game it'd be a rematch against boise state it might be utah state and the bulldogs and the aggies don't play this year so you really have to watch utah state because if they run the table and the bulldogs run the table there's going to be a big fight over who's going to host that game depending on where the rankings fall
0: now, I mean, I'm sitting here looking at the uh, the divisional records, and right now in the Mountain West, the Mountain the Mountain Division, you've got Utah State at the top in conference one and zero, followed by New Mexico at one and zero. Interesting, <laughs> and then you have Boise State and Colorado State both at one and one, and Air Force and Wyoming at zero and two. So that's the shakeup there in that in that conference, which. Like you said, Jackson, Utah State is at the top now. If they can make a run, um, and and beat Boise, they're they're in the championship game. I mean, but what the Bulldogs need is for is for Utah to to lose at least one more game, so that. You know, we can get the the championship game here in Fresno. That would be ultimately the goal for us. Is we would like the championship game here so that we get another game for us to cover here. Yeah. Um, now in the West Division, you've got Hawaii at the top at three and zero. Now how did they get three conference games already when everybody else has barely gotten yeah. two? So that's that's interesting. And then you've got San Diego State and Fresno State both at one and zero, Nevada at one and one. UNLV at zero and one, and San Jose State, low, low, lowly San Jose State at zero and two at the bottom of the of the con of the division. So, looking at what you see here in both divisions, is Hawaii going to be the one that Bulldogs are going to have to to focus on knocking off first uh, in this division since they're three and zero already.
1: Yeah, and the, cool, the interesting thing about Hawaii, too, uh, they're going to be at BYU this weekend, so they're not in any threat of dropping a conference game this week. is <laughs> independent. If they win that one, they'll be 7-1 and one, uh, with the 13 games they played this year. They need that seventh win to secure a bowl, so... uh to be 7-1 and one and have a bowl game in their pocket already would be pretty amazing for a Hawaii team. Uh, I mean, can you
0: imagine that already be much. bowl eligible yeah. at this point in the season? <laughs>
1: uh, so they started out the season. They were big-time underdogs against Colorado State in the opener. So that's how they got one game in. And they won that one, which was a surprise. Uh, the last two weeks, they've beaten San Jose State and Wyoming uh, very narrowly. <laughs> they were fortunate to win last week without their starting quarterback. But after they played BYU, they host Nevada. That's going to be a winnable game for them. There's a very good chance Wyoming or excuse me, Hawaii comes to Bulldog Stadium later in October with a 4-0 conference record. And we're not quite sure if Hawaii is a contender at the same level as <laughs> Fresno State and San Diego State. <laughs> we know their offense is really good when their quarterback's healthy. Well, we don't we know it. their defense is not very good well, We don't know if it's
0: smoke and mirrors. Exactly. We don't know exactly
1: what it is about that team. Exactly. But the scenario it could be a 4-0 Hawaii team with a lot riding on that game against Fresno State. Even if the Bulldogs turn out to be a lot better, which I, I think could be the case, but um, there's going to be a lot riding on that game as far as the standings go. And uh, that will be Hawaii's really f- their first of two big tests between the Bulldogs and the San Diego State Aztecs to see if they're really going to contend for that division or. If they're going to be happy to be going bowling.
0: Now, who's coming to Bulldog Stadium first? Is it going to be San Diego or is it Hawaii? I, I lost track there.
1: Yeah, so the Bulldogs host Wyoming this week. And then they're back on the road. And then there'll be Hawaii. Okay. And then they'll have two road games and then wrap things up with San Diego State, San Jose State at the end.
0: Okay, so that means the Bulldogs will face Hawaii first. So that ultimately will give us an idea who's going to be the front runner in the division uh, even though they still haven't faced San Diego, who could still theoretically could still stumble before reaching uh, the game against the Bulldogs. Should that happen, then the Bulldogs have nothing to worry about as long as they take care of business with Hawaii. Um, because right now they just need to keep winning out, uh, and they'll be guaranteed the the championship matchup. However, they they got to go through Hawaii, they got to go through San Diego, and then they got to go through. Boise State, who's also going to be a little ticked off after last <laughs> week's loss, and one could say you do not want to be Nevada this week when you face Boise State, but we'll see just how they rebound. Are they going to come out firing, or are they going to come out still licking their wounds and having trouble trying to get it going? Because that quarterback really struggled against San Diego State, throwing, what was it, two picks in the first quarter? <laughs> Uh, I mean, Riffin really did not look like Riffin uh, for Boise State there.
1: Yeah, and at home, too, is kind of the this most surprising thing. They just haven't quite been the same. They've still been very good, Boise State, but not the uh, seemingly invincible way they used to defend their home turf. Um, you look at this year's schedule, and Fresno State's going to have to go to Boise State later in the year, and we'll see whether that team has stepped up at that point or if it's still going to be a struggle for the Broncos. Um, They've got a lot of time to figure things out uh, because, again, San Diego State was not supposed to win that game. They were not supposed to even be close, (laughs) even though the Aztecs have been one of the Mountain West's better teams year in and year out. Uh, So the Broncos, not quite the uh, group of five darling that they were expected to be, still should pose a threat to the conference title.
0: Yeah, so this this is already shaping up to be a very interesting season. What we thought was going to happen... All of a sudden, last week got shook up. So, uh, we did not expect Hawaii to be as good as Hawaii has looked, uh, but they have been a juggernaut on the offense, which doesn't bode well because uh, I, I'm having flashbacks to the June Jones <laughs> days of that offense, which is kind of scary to think about that they will even be at that potential once they come to Bulldog Stadium. Hmm. Then you've got San Diego, who... For some reason, has always been a thorn in Fresno State's side until last year, when the Bulldogs took care of business down in San Diego, uh, which surprised many after uh, you know their zero twelve season, well <laughs> one and one and one in eleven season before, prior to that. But um, it's uh, it's shaping up to be a very interesting race now. If you're going to call it Jackson. What what are you going to call it? Should the Bulldogs get through who's going to be their opponent uh, in the championship game?
1: Uh, well, it looks like it could come down to the very last week when the Boise State and Utah State, they actually play each other that weekend. <laughs> oh,
0: you love it. I was trying to put you on the
1: spot there. <laughs> so that's probably going to determine things. Now, interestingly, if the Bulldogs go to Boise and take care of business, the Broncos will have two conference losses. Utah State, if they win out, they could wrap things up before they even play Boise State. So that could really change things. I think right now you probably have to look at Utah State as the favorite simply because the Broncos have already lost one. That puts them at a big disadvantage, and they're one slip-up away from really putting themselves in a hole. So could be the Aggies. Um, we'll see if they can... Keep this momentum up because they've looked really good. Their only loss was to a number eleven Michigan State team, which they barely lost. So, I mean, Utah State looks for real.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch uh, as things go. But I'm 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 with you. It could be a rematch of Fresno State and Utah State from the original uh, Mountain West Championship since the championship game has been introduced to the Mountain West. So back to the Derek Carr day. Um, So, you know, it could be another one of those matchups. However, I mean, I I wouldn't mind watching Boise come here to Fresno State, to the Bulldog Stadium. That would be a good matchup to watch here. Uh, Although, you know, a lot of fans out there probably would disagree with me. They'd rather face anyone (laughs) other than Boise State. Um, But, you know, in order to be the best, you got to beat the best. And right now it's going to be either Boise State or Utah State. And it could be those those guys if the Bulldogs can take care of business in the West Division. Uh, But that there's still a lot going on. What are some of the key matchups that you see this week that could determine a lot?
1: Yeah, this week there's a little bit of non-conference action. Um San Jose State, which is not a threat to the title. They're going to host Army and Levi Stadium. Uh, Hawaii, as we mentioned, goes to BYU. So that's a non-conference game. Um Probably an interesting one is Boise State at Nevada. We'll see if the Broncos struggle offensively the way the Bulldogs did a bit in Reno. Um, Nevada plays, they're moving to a defense that is similar to San Diego State's defense, which gave the Broncos a lot of trouble. So it'll be interesting to see if Boise State kind of has the hangover in Reno, or if they fight back twice as hard and thump the the wolf pack and (laughs) make you wonder about the Bulldogs' performance one way or the other um otherwise uh utah state hosts unlv they're 27 point favorites the aggies are so they should be able to take care of business uh colorado state hosts new mexico whoever wins that game is going to have two wins in conference but neither looks like a threat to the title on the mountain division Um, and then you've got san diego state and air force which uh, air force at two and three has not been the greatest but they come off a the lopsided win against navy which was surprising they barely lost to nevada they lost to utah state by 10 so that's not a really bad air force team they can give the aztecs a a run for it on uh, i believe it's going to be a friday game yeah
0: so you know things could be very interesting this week um as the bulldogs can you know if they're able to come off with another win in the conference and add to the conference this could this could get You know, it could get the ball rolling, like you said, to have a potential uh, big, big crowds here and a potential top twenty-five for Fresno State if they're able to keep things rolling in the right direction. uh, Which you know everyone hopes that it will happen, but you know only time will tell. But that being said, Jackson, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. We we, we touched on just about everything we could. We threw the kitchen sink at it today. Um, but is there any final things you want to go ahead and let everybody know about?
1: Uh, just we're out there at practice every week, um, covering the team and getting interviews. And a lot of that's on the premium board. So check that out. Recruiting side as well. Um, we've got interviews with uh, quite a few of the Bulldogs' top targets coming in this next few days and on Saturday when the Bulldogs host Wyoming, they should have another big group of recruits there and indicate uh, <laughs> which targets are really considering the Bulldogs and get their impressions and see where Fresno State stands. So uh, these home games have been a uh, – it's big – well, it's look for me in Nevada. They didn't have a very big group of recruits, and it's understandable. Uh, Reno is not really close to any recruiting hotbeds, I guess. I mean, if some Sacramento kids wanted to make that drive – uh that's about it there's uh you know, reno and vegas put out prospects every year but not to the extent that you get in california and vegas is further from reno than fresno is so uh be fresno state fans can be thankful fresno state is located where it is and they have all these kids coming the weekend and week out for home games and uh giving the bulldogs a little bit of a extra look of as far as some of these top targets go.
0: Yeah, things have been interesting. We've been watching all of these recruits come and uh, I, I don't know, Jackson, I don't know about you, but I don't remember another time where I've seen so many recruits come to these games Um at, at one time than I have in the last uh, couple of weeks uh, it's been interesting to watch it's been a, a nice development to see how the Bulldogs are really reaching out to these recruits especially here in the Central Valley and, and throughout California uh, which you know ultimately will lead to some of these players committing here at Fresno State um, haven't seen many other commits, although we did pick up one this past week, right, Jackson? We did find one out?
1: Yes, uh, the Bulldogs landed a uh, commitment. It's their first one since uh, the beginning of August, so uh, a little bit of a splash there. Um, his name is Lou Ring Paili'i. He is linebacker from Valencia, and it looks like he's going to be given a three-star rating, so a big get for Fresno State. Uh, had an offer from Hawaii, so uh, a little bit under the radar, but it's uh, showing why the Bulldogs were on him so hard. I've got a full-length interview, Q and A, audio interview with him on the premium board as well. So be sure to check that out. Get to know the Bulldogs' newest commit, and um, I mean, pretty impressive athlete. He's at six two twenty-five. Going to play middle linebacker at Fresno State. Already idolizing uh, Jeff Allison, and he was at the Rose Bowl Stadium to see the Bulldogs' performance, both on the field and in the stands. Played a big role in him leaning towards Fresno State over Hawaii.
0: Yeah, so things are getting very good very quickly here for Bulldog recruiting, um, and we expect the pace to only increase as we get closer to December, which is where the Bulldogs ultimately would like to have majority of their class signed would be that first signing period, and it's it should just start to pick up um, as we get closer. But that being said, I want to thank everyone for joining us. If you want to find Jackson, you can find him on Twitter, at Jackson Moore 247 you can find me on twitter at redwave report uh, you can find us on the boards as usual at thebarkboard.com And don't forget to go follow our Facebook page, thebartboard.com's Facebook page, uh, and give it a like as we're getting close to our 4,000 mark that we've been trying to reach, and we're oh so close as usual. We're getting there. We're almost there. We just need a few more people to just go ahead and like it, and like we said, the Facebook page only notifies you every time we post a new story on TheBarkBoard.com since we know more people are usually on Facebook than they are scouring the net for some reason. So, um, That being said, I want to thank everyone for joining us and join us back again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.